Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good day. You are listening to the COB podcast here from Ausbiz. It is March the 9th. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Carl Rotter. And uh, Carl, it's uh, got to be said, we managed to eke into uh, the green at the close. But the fact that we managed to finish green today was a pretty impressive performance, uh, all things considered. There's a lot of geopolitical headlines going around at the moment. And we also had three little names all trading ex-dividend today, just having to be BHP, CSL and also Rio Tinto. Yeah, it certainly doesn't help. And you can see that, obviously, in the uh, share prices of, uh, well, obviously, both uh, the uh, Rio and BHP there. And I didn't check on CSL, but I'm sure it didn't do good things. So, yeah, it was quite remarkable, especially given that, um, well, I mean, Wall Street did finish high. I think there might have been a slight squeeze going into the end of the um, end of end of Wall Street trade last night that pushed uh, the major indices there higher. But futures off as well, sort of mixed across Asia. So the fact that we could close flat was probably as, uh, as good as you could hope for in a day like this. Yeah, I think also there may have been a little bit of element uh, forward-looking, of course. This time tomorrow, we'll be all talking about the uh, non-fund payrolls report in the States and what you may or may not go and dish out. And uh, we know that uh, Jerome Powell, the threat posed by his twin appearances uh, on Capitol Hill, is, uh, has gone now away for the moment. So that means it's all over that data and maybe just a bit of element of, of, of squaring up and a few little tweaks and, and twists here and there because uh, certainly there wasn't a lot of volume going through the market today. Right. It's got to be said as well. But uh, look, looking across uh, more broadly, uh, the market map, yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. I uh, know buying across the banks as well. But today it was really a story of what we saw in the tech space. So in particular, one company named Zero, which like so many other tech companies around the world, went and uh, announced it's gonna go in a string of cost-cutting measures. And uh, it went and popped 10.5% and uh, Wooshka, all the tech stocks kind of rallied along with Unison. So it was up 2.7% or so. Also uh, in a very different space, energy as well had a really big bounce back. It was up uh, 1.7% or so. Uh, I looked last night. It was uh, one of the worst performing sectors on Wall Street. And uh, not a lot of love today when it comes to the, uh, the futures markets, both in crude and other markets. So, yeah, a bit of bit of funniness going on. But uh, nonetheless, they were the uh, two leading lights in the market today. Yeah, I think, um, again, it might be another ex-dividend one with uh, Woodside just because it dropped 7% yesterday after it went ex-div. So I could see a bit of a bounce back there. Obviously, the biggest player in the energy space could um, could explain it. But, yeah, that tech, tech one is fascinating. We've been talking about for a good, oh, mate, it must be at, what, 12 months, at least six months about the tech layer in the United States and the restructuring going on and whether it's, you know, basically just uh, trimming some fats or something, um, you know, indicative of uh, the outlook, uh, the, the, the longer term outlook for some of these companies. But whatever it is, it's uh, it's hit our shores at Lassian uh, a few days, maybe a week ago or so, uh, and now zero, um, uh, laying off seven to 800 people. Now, before your heart bleeds, I was texting my friend uh, who works as a UX uh, designer at Zero? Apparently, some very nice-looking packages going around offered to, uh, you know, obviously 
off, uh, off you go out the door. But nevertheless, it does obviously signal something in the space at the moment. Um, and I actually had a really good uh, co- uh, conversation with uh, Dexter Cousins, who works in uh, sort of tech hiring, if you will, um, this afternoon, saying that actually, you know, this might this might be more than just trimming the fat. This could be these businesses positioning for a, perhaps a future with, uh, well, lower expected growth. So we'll see, but it certainly did um, augur well for investors uh, today who are obviously clean to see some of these businesses restructure themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, I had a number of good conversations as well. Weebit Nano, uh, WBT, uh, is a stock that's been absolutely f- surging on the other market over the past couple of years, particularly in the last, I know, couple of weeks. Uh, you know, some technology that's really exciting and it's now been actually uh, commercialized. So that is getting a lot of people excited about its prospects moving forward. I just chat with uh, Mark Kennis from Stocks Down Under about that one as well today. Um, also, uh, Andrew Page from Storman.com. He was uh, on the small caps as well, going through three names, uh, the, uh, two of them in the tech space as well, that uh, he really likes the look of at this point in time and one that he's kind of a bit cautious on. But uh, yeah, all moving and shaking for a variety of reasons. So uh, they're two, uh, two clips definitely to go worthwhile having a look at in the show notes today. I, I suppose the other big story was from a company that used to be big, it got a lot smaller and now it's trying to go and rebuild and it's Maya. Now, we thought that, of course, our reporting season was done dusted, but Maya decided otherwise, uh, coming out uh, out of cycle, as it does always, and its interim results are uh, a nice doubling in our net profit after tax, and just a nice little cherry on top as well, a special dividend of four cents on top of an ordinary uh, interim dividend of four cents. Uh, what do you reckon of Maya, mate? Have you gone shopping in Maya any time recently? Well, I used to live just on Collins Street at the, the crappy end of Collins Street in Melbourne. And I found that um, you could get a really good shortcut from Burke through to Little Burke if you go through Maya. So every so often I'd pick something up along the way. Um, but that was as good as uh, my, um, I suppose, or as interested as I generally got in, in shopping at Maya. I, I was always of the assumption that it was there just to, to look nice, a relic of uh, perhaps the 1950s when people would sort of dress up to the nines and uh, go into the city to um, obviously uh, shop and, 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 and what have you. But um, well, it was, a, it was a good result. I would be interested to say, I haven't checked it, whether um, you know, the, the level of short interest on, on the company because, I mean, it was... Uh, an investor, um, well, it was a dog of the market really for such a long time. I wonder if some of this was just a, a bit of an unwinding of that. But nevertheless, I mean, investors are, are obviously welcomed the, the result today. Um, although, I mean, perhaps you'll talk about it now. It was a stock of the day and the, the two folks that we had on talking about it are a little bit skeptical as to whether the good times can last. Let's go to the clip. We've got Brady Harold from macro.com and also... Uh, I have to go and start that again. Brody Harold from Macro and also David Lane from Orbanet giving their views on whether Maya is worthwhile having a punt at the current levels. Even though the story has been really good at the moment, I think everything that's sort of happening in the, the retail space um, with the potential headwinds that they'll be running into, I'd actually look to uh, take this opportunity to probably start to work the stock from the sell side as well tend to agree with with most of Brody's comments that uh, we had down uh, had upgraded the the recommendation from a light non Maya to a hold earlier in, in Feb when we saw that the, the share price was down but given today's share price jump um, trading at a dollar and six a dollar and seven at the moment um, probably yeah an opportunity to take some profits and and to to look at lightening uh, that holding once again. 
There we have it. Uh, look, both talking around the turnaround story and both surprised by the turnaround story and both saying sell. Uh, take profits in it right now. So uh, maybe we had that hypothetical uh, high conviction hedge fund out there. We might go and consider shorting the stock. But uh, certainly at this stage, uh, it's had a really good time of it. But uh, the two experts there recommending we go and take profit as investors. Mate, uh, what's on the agenda over the next little bit now? Of course, uh, we're waiting for that payroll support in the States. We also have a pretty interesting central bank meeting tomorrow as well. Uh, the Bank of Japan, uh, Governor Kuroda's last in charge. Can we expect the unexpected? Well, based on the interviews that I had today and the questions I asked, uh, Stephen Miller, for one, we, we you sort of, I guess, uh, dove deep into it and he reckons that it would be very surprising for Kuroda to, uh, and this is my words, not his, kind of plant a bit of a landmine before he uh, leaves, unless he, he consulted um, with his successor uh, about whether they would tweak their yield curve control program. So uh, Stephen thinks it'll be steady as she goes, but of course, uh, well, the BOJ surprised us last month by, by not doing anything. Uh, the bond market, as I understand it, Scotty, you probably have a, a fresher uh, view on it because I haven't checked JD, JGBs for a little while. But from what I understand, they've behaved themselves reasonably well over the last month at least. So perhaps they're, they're not confronting the same market pressures to try and, well, you know, take the cap of that, uh, off, off the, uh, off its, uh, of its yield curve control program. I'm looking at the uh, the current yield for 10-year uh, JGBs, bang on 50 basis points, which of course mm. is the top of uh, that permitted range from uh, the Bank of Japan. It was creeping above that for a period of time, but uh, for the time being, if you can call it uh, bang on that uh, in a very extreme level uh, behaved, it is for the time being. But I think we're all expecting that uh, if there's going to be any changes, it will likely come through when Governor Ueda uh, takes the reins oh, next a month. Uh, that'll be interesting to see his... Yeah, his uh, his first uh, his first uh, meeting in charge will be arriving towards the end of April. So I look forward to that one with bated breath. Uh, myself sitting on the sidelines, maybe punting around it. Who knows what I'll be up to? Mm. But uh, yeah, look. Apart from that, what else is on the radar for uh, for us as investors right now moving forward? Uh, we get the payroll on the payrolls. Uh, initial jobless claims out in the states tonight. Anything else that we should be uh, considering? You reckon? Yeah, I'm just having a look through the calendar now. I mean, obviously, with the NFP is going to be pretty significant. Uh, there's the GDP figure out of the UK. Not much for us locally, actually. I think we're just going to sort of really be sort of driven by the positioning, like you said before, going into this non-farm payrolls release. Um, obviously, markets got fairly heavily sold down in the last 24 to 48 hours. US futures are off very slightly, it has to be said. Uh, a news uh, uh, a story that I saw flash across the screen today, actually, that was responsible for a very brief dip uh, in, in industries uh, in Asian trade was going to be very relevant to you, Scott, uh, Scotty, actually, is uh, the, the Biden administration um, proposing a 25% tax on billionaires. So, you might want to shift your money um, and more of your money to the Caymans there, there Scotty. So that was a, an interesting one. But other than that, it's uh, hard to see anything but that uh, non-farm payroll data dominating the, uh, the conversation uh, for the next 48 hours or so. Mate, uh, the only way that I'm a beaner is if I was uh, priced in Zimbabwean dollars back in the early 2000s. So I think it's the only way I'd get there. And Probably get there, probably it'd be a tree in there in, uh, in that sense, but thankfully they're back to uh, being pegged US dollars there. But yeah, mate, uh, let's go and leave it there. It's going to be a big, uh, big end of the week, so we'll uh, cool our heels and uh, get back at our Monday on for Friday. So we'll uh, see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, mate. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.